Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. Hear now the reading of God's word. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that, the Mo- that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, folks, today is actually the day. And what do I mean by that is where our very own assistant pastor, uh, Pastor Charles Lee, will be delivering his very first message at NCF. And clearly this was not what he imagined, nor I, in terms of when he would give his very first word. Uh, But I am personally very excited and very encouraged uh, by the effort and hard work that he put into this word. And I am confident that the Spirit of God will use it to powerfully encourage and equip and energize your faith as you uh, continue to follow our God. And so as you receive from today's word and no doubt will be blessed by it, please be sure to send Pastor Charles a text and email just to give him a word of encouragement of how God used him today. And now, without further ado, Pastor Charles. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for worship. Please join with me in prayer before we get to the sermon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for being our awesome and amazing God, Lord. We thank you for loving us, for guiding us, and for protecting us always, Lord. Lord, as we worship together once again through this format, I pray that you'll be with all of our NCF brothers and sisters be with their families. May they be spiritually fed uh, through the worship today, Lord Father. I also pray, Lord, that you'll use me as an instrument to deliver your words to your people, Lord. May the words that flow be yours and not my own. I thank you, Lord. In your son's trust, name we pray. Amen. You know, like most of us, I lived under my parents' roof for a very long time. Even after graduating high school, I only lived one year in the dorms before I had to move back home because of some financial issues and I finished the last three years of my college life uh, commuting commuting from home. Because I lived at home, uh, my parents took care of many things so I did not have to worry about it. Food was always on the table, the house was always clean, my laundry was always washed. I knew that even if I did not do the housework myself, things would get done. I also relied on my father for a lot of things, such as if I got a flat tire or got in a car accident. Instead of calling the insurance company first, I would always call my father and ask him what to do. If he was close by to where I was at, he would drive over and personally help me out. Or If he was further out, he would give me instructions over the phone on the best way to handle the situation. In this sense, Living in my parents' house was easy, comfortable, sheltered, and for the most part, stress-free because I could rely on them for their help and guidance when troubles came up in my life. 
I finally moved out on my own uh, when I moved to Korea to do my ministry there. I was by myself in a foreign land and had to take care of everything myself. And it was a lot tougher than I thought it would be. In the beginning, I didn't know the other pastors. I didn't get to know the co-workers quick. And I didn't know my church members yet. So I didn't feel comfortable asking them for help when it came to my own personal needs. So it was tough doing things like setting up the apartment. Uh, internet at my apartment or getting a cell phone or figuring out how to get to places. Any small task that I could complete so easily in the States or ask my parents for help if I had some difficulty was an enormous task in Korea. It was as if my safe safety net was taken out from under me. I couldn't call home if I had trouble because no one could rush over to help me and I didn't have people who I could rely on because in Korea I had no family and I didn't know anyone yet. I had no one to turn to, no one to help me. I felt helpless and utterly alone. This wasn't a loneliness that comes from just being by myself. It was more of a alone in this world with no one to help me if I needed help, no one to care about me, no one to love me. It was a feeling of loneliness that you might get when it seems that the whole world is against you and no one has your back. Have you ever felt this way before? That you are alone in the world, that nobody cares about you, that you have fears and worries and no one is there to lend a hand, that you're in this alone. Perhaps you didn't feel this way before, but it's a struggle now with the current uh, situation that's happening in the world with the coronavirus. You know, we can be surrounded by our friends, we could be surrounded by our family and our loved ones, but still feel isolated and lonely. But just as our verses for today said, you are not alone. And you will never be alone. Your battles will not be fought alone. For our Lord, your God, is with you. The story from our passage takes place after the death of Moses. Because of his sins, Moses was prohibited from entering Canaan, and now Joshua, Moses' aide, is tasked with bringing the Israelites into the Promised Land. Think about how Joshua must have felt at this moment. His mentor, his leader Moses has died. The person who led the nation out of slavery, across the Red Sea, and through the wilderness, the one that spoke to God, the one that everyone turned to and relied on is dead, is now put on Joshua's shoulders to lead the people to their final destination. Last year when I was at my previous position, over the course of that year, the head pastor stepped down, the associate pastor stepped down, the taller ministry pastor stepped down, I was the only full-time pastor left along with the part-time children's ministry pastor. On top of my own ministry work, I all of a sudden had to give sermons uh, for the Korean morning prayer services, the Korean Wednesday night services, I had to help plan for activities that didn't fall into my original workload. So much of the church responsibility that used to be divided up to other people and other staff members all fell on me all of a sudden. It was tough to take all that on and manage it well. And I think this is similar to Joshua's situation. The leadership and guidance of Israel now all fell on him. 
Joshua and the Israelites were but a few steps from the land that God has given them as their inheritance. But the land will not be theirs so easily. No, though the land has been promised to them, it would not be given to them freely. Rather, the Israelites need to come together, go to war with the occupants, and take it from them. One of Joshua's first tasks after being given the leadership role of, the, of Israel was to lead them into battle. And Joshua had to do it without his mentor. How do you think Joshua would have felt? Scared? Nervous? Anxious? Possibly alone? Also consider the fact that the older generation all perished in the wilderness. The generation that saw the freedom attained from Egypt, the plagues, the miracles of the desert has died off. The ones that saw God's mighty display of power are gone. Only Joshua and Caleb are left with this group of next generation Israelites. This could have amplified the fear that Joshua might have been feeling. And so our God comes to him and gives him a charge. But he does not just give him a mission and lets him fend for itself. No, Joshua is given a task, but God also gives him confidence, comfort, and assurance. Three times in the passage that we read, God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. And the reason is because God will be with him forever. Our passage starts by saying in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand up before you all the days of your life. Just as I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God is telling Joshua, Just as how I was with Moses and gave him the words to speak and was the one he could turn to in distress or when the Israelites were sinning and acting out and needed guidance and help, I will be with you too. God is saying, I am the God of your forefathers from long ago, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I am the God of your mentor, Moses, and I am your God too. Just as how I was with Moses, I am with you as well. Because I am with you, no one will be able to stand up against you. In fact, Though God used Moses to lead the people, Joshua also saw the miracles performed and also saw the manifestation of God's presence among the Israelites with the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire with his very eyes. Consider these verses in Exodus chapter 13 verses 21 to 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Amen. Did not depart, it says. Did not depart. Was always there. Though it was Moses who was the leader of the Israelites, it was God who led them. Just because Moses is no longer around does not mean that God is no longer around either. God is making clear to Joshua that even though Moses is not here, God is. And he always will be, just as he always has been. 
Brothers and sisters, the God of Moses, the God of Joshua, is the very same God that we worship today. God is saying this to us too, that He is with you. How is God with us now? Well, through the Holy Spirit, of course. In John chapter 14, verses 16 to 18, Jesus says that He will ask God to send us a helper to be with us forever. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit resides in us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. As believers, all of you have the Holy Spirit within you. And for those who do not yet believe, if you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit will come within you as well. And God will be with you. So you are not alone. The battles you fight are not done by yourself. No matter what you face in life, the Lord our God is with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. The Hebrew word translated in the ESV for leave, he will not leave you, can also be translated as fail. God will not fail you. So God is saying, I will not fail you. What I promise to do for you, I will not fail in keeping those promises. This is the promised land. It will definitely be yours. The occupants look strong. They look scary. They have a mighty fortress, a wall. They have all these weapons. But it doesn't matter because I am your God and I promise to give this to you. So I will not fail in giving this to you. Next week is Mother's Day. Good moms, they try their best to do all that they can to help their child. To be there for them. But we know that our moms are not perfect. Mothers in our ministry, we are not perfect. Even fathers, our fathers are not perfect. We as fathers are not perfect. I am not perfect. We love our children and want to do our best. But we can fail as a mother. We can fail as a father. We break promises that we make. But our God is our perfect Heavenly Father, who has not failed us and will never fail us. When He says that He'll do something, you better believe that He will keep those promises. There's a song by Elevation Worship called Do It Again. And when you hear the title, you might not know what song I'm referring to, but the lyrics of the chorus says this, Your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And I may just be being picky here, but I don't sing the word yet when I hear this song, when I sing along to this song, because the word yet seems to imply the possibility of God failing us in the future. He hasn't failed us yet, but he might. No, never will God fail us. You know, if I wrote this song, I probably would have just carried the me out, right? Like, you've never failed me. Just take the word yet out. Whatever you face in this world, if God says that he will do it, you can be sure that it will be done. If God says, I will love you forever, conditionally, unconditionally, then he will not fail in loving you forever. If God says, I will uphold you forever, then he will not fail in holding you strong. And if God says, I will be with you, he will not fail in being 
with you. God then tells Joshua to be strong and courageous in verses 6, 7, and 9. Three times he tells him, be strong and courageous. God tells Joshua how, to, how he can stay strong and courageous. How he can be successful in the task that God has given him. And that is if he keeps the book of the law and meditate on it day and night and live according to it. Another way for us to remember that God is with us is by looking at the Bible to see how God was with his people throughout history. For Joshua, that was the book of the law. The book of the law is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These books talk about creation, and it tells stories of the forefathers of the faith. It talks about how God created the world by just merely speaking words. It talks about the flood and the salvation that came to Noah and his family, the righteous ones. It talks about how God called and chose Abraham and made a covenant with him, promising him descendants, many descendants. It talks about the experiences of Isaac and Jacob. It talks about all that Joseph went through, but that God was still with him when he was in Egypt. It talks about Moses and the Exodus experience. It talks about receiving the commandments on Mount Sinai. And it records the many laws that Israel had to follow because they were to be set apart and different from the nations. Joshua had this to rely on, to lean on, to gather the strength and courage to follow God's commands, to know that God is with him. But whereas Joshua had five books, we have 66 books of the Bible. We also get the stories of the judges that God used to lead Israel. We get the stories of uh, the kingdoms with God choosing David, a man after his own heart. How God gave wisdom to Solomon. We get the stories of the various prophets who God used to bring the people back to him. Prophets like Elijah and Daniel, Elisha and Jeremiah. We get the stories in the New Testament about the disciples of Christ. Mere fishermen who became fishers of men. We get the stories of Paul converting and his missional journeys that he went on for the Lord. All the torturous affairs he had to face, the 40 minus 1 lashes, the shipwrecks, being in prison, but still being upheld by God and never once feeling that God has left him. Never once failing to praise God with his lips. And more so than that, we get the stories of our Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. All of those stories and many more for us to meditate on day and night and be reminded that we can be strong and courageous because the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. By meditating on the word daily, we will be reminded of how our God does not leave his people. The chosen called people of God are loved in the past, are loved now, and loved forever in the future. When you fall into doubt and need to restore your faith, remember the word. Meditate on it day and night and see God's reminders of how he will be with those whom he loves and those whom he chose. My brothers and sisters, you are never alone. No matter what you face in life, God is with you. God will guide you. He will never 
leave you. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. Once again, I'm going to read verse 9, which says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Brothers and sisters, being strong and courageous is not a suggestion given to us by God. It is a command given to us by God. And the reason that we are able to carry out the command is because God is with us. What adversity are you facing in life? What troubles your soul? Is it the coronavirus? Is it the idea of being stuck at home? Is it financial losses? Is it the straining of relationships? Is it death? Is it anxiety? Is it the fear of not knowing the future and what it may bring? Is it being alone? Be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you. Joshua was going to go to war and was told not to worry. This is what theologian Jerome F.D. Creech says on Joshua being told to be strong and courageous. He says, The words, be strong and courageous, are not really a call to be vigorous in waging war. Rather, they are primarily an injunction to trust and depend upon the Lord. The Israelites' reception of the land does not depend on human strength and courage. Rather, the command to be strong and courageous calls for a particular response to God, who has already chosen to capture Canaan and to open it to the Israelites. What does this mean? It's saying, do not be strong and courageous because that is what you need to overcome your trials and your adversity. It's not a pep talk to the Israelites to get them to become strong and courageous because they're going off to war. Rather, it is being strong and courageous as a response to God's goodness for the victory He has already given to them. Overcoming your fear, your fear or trial is not based on your own strength, but we are able to face them because God's strength is backing us up, because we know God is good, and because He helps us triumph over our trials. Do not fear, do not worry. Be strong, be bold, because God is on your side. We have also received victory, the ultimate victory over death. So no matter what comes our way in life now, we can be strong and courageous because God has promised to give us the victory of salvation. Now I once read about a Cherokee Indian youth's rite of passage. You know, when a Cherokee Indian youth has come of age where he is about to become an adult, he needs to go through this rite of passage. And what happens is, the father will take his son into the forest. Uh, there he will blindfold him and have him spend the night all alone in the forest. The boy must sit on a tree stump the entire night and cannot remove the blindfold from over his eyes until he feels the, the morning sun rays shine upon them. Even if the boy gets cold, he can't take off his blindfold to uh, make a fire to warm himself up. Even if the boy hears a wild animal near him, he cannot take his blindfold off to get a weapon to protect himself or to cry for help. Only when the boy accomplishes this will he be considered a man in the tribe. And when this is over, the boy cannot talk about his experience to others in the town because each of them has to come into manhood on their own.
Now think about how scary this must be. All alone in the woods, no shelter, no light, no weapon, blindfolded. I mean, I go camping out sometimes I get scared, even with the tent and the flashlights that I have. It's weird hearing the, the sounds at night in the forest. But the boy perseveres through the night. The morning light shines on his eyes and he takes the blindfold off. Do you know what the first thing he sees in the morning is? He sees his father sitting on a tree stump near him, holding a spear at the ready, ready to protect him if anything is to come and attack and hurt him at night. This boy could not see his father, yet he was still there. He did not know his father was present, yet he was there with him the entire time. If the child was not blindfolded and knew his father was there protecting him, then there would have been nothing to fear. It's not a rite of passage. But he didn't know. So every small sound in the dead of night could have brought a shiver down his spine and make him tense up over the possibility of something bad happening to him. He needed the faith to know nothing would happen to him. We are never alone. Just like this child, when we feel alone and face our trials, and even if we may not know it, God is there next to us, protecting us, watching over us. We need to be able to know that God is there. And when we keep the book of the law close on our lips and meditate on it day and night, we can know that God is there. It builds our faith to know He is there even when we may fall into doubt. When, when we know God is there, that hopefully brings you calm and peace. The great A.W. Tozer said, The knowledge that we are never alone calms the troubled seas of our lives and speaks peace to our souls. Remember, remind yourselves and remind your brothers and sisters who may lose sight of God, who do not feel God present in their lives during this season or whenever they face trials, that God is real, alive, moving, and always with them. This knowledge, as Tozer says, will calm the raging seas of our lives and bring us peace. It will calm all the negative feelings and negative thoughts that fill our mind and make us anxious and gives us a peace of God that transcends all understanding. I hope that you know that God is with you. And I hope that this knowledge brings you peace even in the most difficult of times. As I mentioned, God is so good, He will never leave us the ones that he loves. But there was someone that God loved very much that he did leave by himself. God said that he will never forsake us, but there was someone who felt forsaken by God. I'm of course speaking of Jesus. A few weeks ago we observed Good Friday, the day that we remember Jesus' death on the cross. On that day, Jesus was all alone. His disciples deserted him. He took the pain and torture of our sins. And when he died, Jesus cried out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was alone. Jesus was, was forsaken so that we will never be alone. So that we will never be forsaken. John Piper says this. He says, Because of his death, there will be no wrath toward me. Not because of my perfection 
My sins, my guilt, and my punishment fell on my Savior, Jesus Christ. He died for us. That's what His Word says. Therefore, I am free from guilt, free from punishment, secure in God's merciful favor. Live or die, God says, you will be with me. The cross should give us courage because it tells us that no matter what we face in this life, even if we die, God will be with us and we will be with Him. That even sin, the thing that separated us from God and made us imperfect, has been taken away so that we can be united with God. This is why Jesus' death and resurrection is the good news. Because without that, we will still be bound to sin and death. We will still be apart from God. But because of it, we are freed, we are victorious, and we'll be with God forever. Do you feel alone? Do you feel anxious, scared? Do you feel that there's no one that you can turn to for help? Are you scared, anxious because of the troubles and hardships that you face each day? Take heart. Because our God promised Joshua and promises us today that we are never alone. That He will be with you wherever you go. God showed this to Joshua by actually being with Israel, leading them in the wilderness through the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. God is with us as well because we have the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit within us. You will not face your trials alone. You will not face your adversities alone because God will be there with you. God also told Joshua to meditate on the book of the law. The book of the law has stories filled with God being with his people. And by meditating on it, Joshua will be reminded daily that God was with his chosen people throughout history and he will be with him too. Today we have the entire Bible to meditate on. And when we meditate on the Word of God, we see God with His people, and it should remind us that God is with us now as well, and it should empower us. And through God's goodness, He had His Son, Jesus, hang on the cross to be alone, to take our sin, so that we will never be alone. Remember, God says uh, to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus' death and resurrection has made a guarantee that we will never be alone. May this be an encouragement to you, my brothers and sisters. For the God that created the world, called you to be his children, is so good to you, has chosen to love you, has given up his one and only son to die for you to save you. This very God deserves all your glory. This very God is with you now and forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for being our God. And Lord, I know that the times that we face are unprecedented, something that we've never dealt with before. I know a lot of us are scared and fearful of just doing the things that we normally do going outside, going to the market. This coronavirus had amped up the fear in our, in our lives. But Lord, I, I pray that your peace will be upon our brothers and sisters at NCF and all of our loved ones. Help them to know that they are never alone, that they never have been alone, and they will always be with you. Protect them, guide them, and give them peace. 
In your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.